0: Preaching moralism is not a means of grace to people. It's not a way of getting grace. Preaching is not, preaching is not itself, is not a way in which we get grace. Preaching grace is the way in which people get grace.
1: Welcome to season two of the Gospel Coach Podcast. Our aim in these podcasts is to empower you, the Gospel Coach, ongoing ministry of the gospel through coaching others. We'll share examples of our own learned experiences, as well as invite different guest coaches to share what they are utilizing to advance the gospel with their coachees around the globe. I'm your host, Jim Moon Jr., alongside the pioneer of gospel coaching and founder and president of CMM, Dr. Tom Wood. Tom began gospel coaching and creating the cross-conversation model more than 15 years ago and began training other gospel coaches in the USA in 2009. And since then, it's spread from Atlanta to the nations around the globe. Not only coaching, but training gospel coach trainers. Be sure to listen to the other amazing conversations and helpful reminders from season one. So now we continue with more important topics for your coaching ministry and cross-pollinating ideas and insights in gospel coaching practices from other regions.
0: Well, hello, everyone. Good to be back for another episode of Gospel Coach Podcast. Thanks for tuning in. We hope that you're finding uh, all of these talks and uh, uh, guests that we're having to be, uh, helpful in your journey of, uh, coaching others in and through the gospel of Jesus Christ. And, uh, we just appreciate you tuning in, send us, uh, an email or two, and, uh, we'll try to help you out in your journey as a coach.
1: Yes. Yes. It's, it's good to, uh, to have this topic today, Tom, because it's one that's really lively. Um, A lot of times you're the one asking the questions, but today I want to put the questions to you because I know this topic is one that's close to home. Uh, Tom planted two churches from scratch. For those of you that don't know, and spent the better part of two decades preaching in the local church, and he's a frequent preacher in local churches that his family's a part of, and he speaks frequently as a founder and president of CMM. But today I want to focus on gospel coaching for a leader's public speaking, or preaching, if it's a pastor. So Tom.
0: Yeah. Well, as you know, most of the people that we gospel coach are pastors or church planters. So this is a topic that comes up frequently when we're uh, invited in to coach somebody. I've been asked by many, many, I mean, if I look back um, over the 18 years of doing this professionally, um, I've been asked by most people, I could probably summarize the majority of guys that hire me to be the coach uh, will come and they will say, um, I need help in leadership. I need help in planting. I would need to know the planting dynamics because they're planting a church from scratch or planting with a core group. Um, I need coaching in that. And then this one always pops up and I would mm-hmm. like to be coached in my preaching or in mm-hmm. my communication level. Yeah. So it really is a big topic.
1: Yeah, it's uh, very big. Yeah. And, you know, you you coached me in my preaching when you were directing me in, uh, in the church planning network. So you've done quite a lot. It's not just that you've an occasional guy on a one-off. Uh, you once told me that you've listened to more sermons in a year than any person, you know, now, can you unpack that? <laughs>
0: yeah. Well, at one us. time I was not anymore, at time, but at one yeah. time, yeah, I was, I was, uh, I was preaching. So I was, yeah. you know, yeah. in a church, I was the senior pastor. I was uh, on the assessing team for our uh, denomination uh, for its its home mission board and um, so I would listen to over 40 sermons. I was the I was the only one doing the sermons for this uh, assessment center for the denomination. and so they would send me the sermons. And we did four assessments a year. It was like 10 people every time. So I was listening to 40 plus sermons, plus my own, plus, you know, listening to sermons myself. My wife, Rachel, she'll, she will tell people, go, yeah, when he was doing that, we'd be on vacation and driving in the car, listening to sermons, you know, because Tom was. (laughs) she would listen and help, you know, diagnose. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So Rachel knows a good bit about uh, good preaching too. I tell
0: people, you know, it's over 50, 50, 50 uh, sermons a year at one time, you
1: know. Yeah in addition to the ones you were preaching and prepping. Yeah. So you have a lot of experience listening to sermons. And what, what do you see as the biggest challenges in coaching a person about their preaching or public speaking?
0: Well, if I started with myself as a very young preacher um, in and in many others that I've coached over the years, I think I think one of the central features that I found is this is that our identity, our personal identity is caught up in our preaching.
1: Mm.
0: Yeah. And I, I don't agree. think as a young preacher, I really understood that. I certainly didn't understand it. Um, but so much of a, so much of our identity is caught up in in that 30 minute, 40 minute exercise of delivering the best message. And so, you know, I'd work hours and hours perfecting a sermon. Um, and, uh, that, you know, was to, you know, a hundred people or, you know, yeah. but I, I remember being told, you know, well, you know, it's it, those, those hundred people, you know, in your first church plant, you know, you get a hundred people together and whatever, you know, you got to multiply their lives by the many hours, you know, so it's a, if it's, they're spending an hour with you, you know, that's a hundred hours or whatever. Um. So you need to preach to that, but, but that didn't help. It's, it's, it's still. So when I coach guys uh, in their preaching, I'm always very careful because I know that a lot of their own personal identities caught up in the, in their preaching.
1: Yeah. I remember a couple of times you came and observed me preaching at the church plant that I was starting. And I just was nervous. Like, Oh, mom is here. Uh, It was bad enough to preach to, room full of people and your family, but to have to preach to Tom. But you were always very kind in offering feedback, and you asked good questions to help me get there. And I, I assume you do the same kind of thing now. Is that, uh,
0: so it's interesting. So, so if you heard it yourself. I came and watched the whole service. So you weren't nervous about the music and whether or not the music was any good or the liturgy <laughs> no. was any good or somebody stumbled while they were reading no. the Bible or somebody couldn't find the passage they were supposed to go to. You were most nervous about, what is he going to say about my sermon? <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Because my identity's caught up in my preaching.
1: <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm not going to fight you on that topic. <laughs> yeah. So
0: if you're coaching a guy that's preaching, yes, you need to be very careful. You need to be very, to be very aware. And I and and uh, you know if if you're coaching for us or if you're coaching using gospel coaching and coaching somebody else and they are a preacher you have to listen to them preach if you're not you're not you're not really being a good coach to them I mean you you have to watch if you're coaching a player you've got to watch them at play you've got to watch mm. them actually do the sport mm. um, so you've got, you know you got to listen to some sermons yeah but then you got to be very careful in how you yeah, you, yeah. Uh, approach that yeah you know, with them.
1: Any other best practices that you are always thinking of when you're coaching a guy on his preaching that's different than when you're coaching them on other issues, aside from being careful and aware of their?
0: Well, there's a lot of books on preaching, and I'm sure you can get, you know, books and listen to uh, other podcasts about crafting a sermon and, um, uh, you know, three points in a poem or, or whatever, <laughs> you know, now. Um, There are certainly some very, uh, exceptional preachers that have, uh, courses on it and and books that you can read, uh, on preaching. Um, I think there's, there's a few things that I try to encourage guys to think through now, you know, one is, uh, the cultural moment in which we find ourselves. Um, if you if you don't understand that people today do not have a context for what you're preaching about, they do not know the story, they do not understand. If you get up and you say, well, you're a sinner and you need Jesus to forgive you of your sins, that, that may make it to somebody that's been in the church, and then again, it may not. But culturally, that has no context whatsoever. Jesus died for you. That has no context whatsoever. For people so I encourage guys I think somewhere in every sermon you've got to tell even if it's you know one minute you got to tell the story you got to tell you got to give the backstory you know you know yes you're a sinner this this passage you know tells us that you're a sinner but that hasn't always been the case quite honestly you know <laughs> this is not the way God made us he didn't make us to be this way mm-hmm. at one point our first parents you know lived in a perfect garden and they were right with God and that's the way he wanted it you know. But something's gone terribly amiss, and that's where we end up today. So, you know, in what did that take, 10 seconds? Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that's a big thing. I think, too, that another thing that I try, I, I use a form that I I developed, and, and that's to help guys think about their delivery, their own personal delivery um, style, their style in which they're doing it. Um, if we use the theological terms, the biblical terms um, for Jesus who um, – these big biblical words, you know, that he's a prophet. These are, these are his offices. I know, uh, some other, uh, some of our other friends, theologically don't think about Jesus this way. They say he's many things, but if you think about the three offices, the three stations that that Jesus had as a prophet, meaning what I mean by that is he declared God who God is to us and he declared what God's will is for us. So he's a prophet. Um, he came to us as a priest. He's the mediator. He prays for us. He uh, consoles us. He, uh, uh, as a priest, he sacrificed himself for us. And then he's the king, and he gives direction to us. He protects us. He provides for us. Um, So we're to present Christ, I think, in those three ways to people. However, what I found is most of us are really good at one of those and okay at the second one. And don't ever use the third. Uh most, m- most church planners are prophetic in their preaching. They're very declarative. Um, with some king, or they're kings with some prophetic, you know, speaking voice. But very few have the priestly role. They they very mm-hmm. few give uh, a consoling, caring, uh kind of message for people's hurts. So hmm. um I try to help guys understand that you have a voice and a style in which you're delivering. And um you can't rely just on
1: the one. Right. Well that's a good grid to be able to look at uh if you're coaching someone about their preaching or about their public speaking, which which way do they naturally lean priestly, prophetically or kingly? And to help them strengthen the other ones. That, that's what you mean by You've yeah, got to
0: pay attention to the other one, you know, right. so if you're very declarative, um, and it, it's really funny, Jim, you know, if you, as you, as you be begin to listen to guys and you've got this, I've got this great in my head, you know, um, profit So you tell a prophet, you know, and you got to remember the priestly side, you've got to care for people. They're sitting out there. I remember my mentor in preaching, you know, said, Hey, listen, whenever you're preaching to a group of 10 people, six of them are dying of a broken heart. Hmm. I mean, they're sitting there, you know, their world's shattered. Their their husband told them that he didn't love her anymore. Their child is sick. They're, they, they you know, another one's failing at school or, you know, they're not sure they have money to make. And that's what they're sitting at. That's who's sitting out there in front of you. And um, so you've got to be priestly to them. But if you take a prophet and you tell them that, in his sermon, he, he, will, <laughs> he will try to adjust to get – to get priestly, but in his priestliness, he'll still still be declarative. You know,
1: like give us an example of what that looks like. A, some of a you, some of person you, trying yeah. to be priestly.
0: Some of you may be. Some of you may be sitting here and you're struggling with your finances right now. You're not sure that God is going to be able to. go, Let me tell you, God promises that He will take care of every need you have. Now He thinks He's being priestly. Yeah. He can't break out. Yeah, He's still being very declarative, rather than entering in and finding the warmth. Um, right. And the Mm -hmm. kindness of what a priest can do and bring sympathy and empathy to somebody who is hurting. Yeah. Um, And a lot of guys today don't want to do the kingly thing. They think giving direction to people, like giving people, they, Oh, that's advice. I don't give people advice or I don't tell people the three steps of what to do with this. You know, they have to make that themselves. Well, the majority of people in this world, the majority of people in this world need to be told what to do next. Mm -hmm. They don't know what to do next. They don't know how to apply, what it is you're declaring the truth of God to be for them. And so why wouldn't you want to help them? You know, here's the next step for you, or here's the next two things that can help you in this. Now, listen, I'm going to be quite honest. I'm a better coach at this than I am a practitioner. So if you listen to any of my sermons online, you can write me and email me and tell me that I'm not following my own (laughs) wisdom. But
1: uh, Yeah, it's one thing to uh, coach someone. It's another thing to be able to actually uh, do the sport, right? Yeah, that's a challenge. Well, some of the
0: best coaches in football or baseball never really, they never excelled at the game, right? They just that's knew right. how to, you know, yeah. uh, uh, Nolan Ryan's pitching coach never threw a ball 110 miles an hour, but he could, yeah. he could show no Nolan how to throw a ball yeah. 110 miles yeah.
1: an hour. Yeah. So.
2: CMM is in the church vitality business. They work in four spheres. One of the spheres is with individuals through gospel coaching. CMM's professional team of coaches are deeply invested in the lives of the leaders they coach. They also partner with missionally aligned national and global networks or church ecosystems by providing gospel coach training that produces both indigenous coaches and gospel coaching trainers. If you have not been gospel coached, you are invited to contact them at cmmnet.org and they can connect you with one of their seasoned veterans. If you are part of a church ecosystem, CMM wants you to know that they can help you prepare both coaches and gospel coach trainers so you can raise up the new generation of coaches that are needed to grow healthy, reproducing churches in your network, region, or country. Again, you can contact CMM on their website at cmmnet.org.
1: Well, it's interesting to think you've directed or been part of church planter assessments for decades. You've literally assessed thousands of aspiring preachers. You've listened to thousands of sermons over the years. I just want to take an opportunity and let you guys know that CMM does offer streamlined church planting assessments potential church planters with this caveat that they already have five to seven years, five or more years of uh, experience. So as you think about all that you've seen over the decades, you've already mentioned one trend. Are there any other trends that you've noticed in preaching and or public speaking that are worth bringing up for coaches?
0: The most so if you're coaching a guy in his preaching, you know, as, as you discover the most powerful, I think the most powerful preachers can get down to the motivational level of people's, why they're doing what they're doing, not just telling them not to do certain things or to do yeah. certain things, but can utilize these gospel dynamics that we teach getting beneath. Do you remember the session that you, that we do on idolatry mm-hmm. and really getting down into, you know, well, what, why are people spent, you know, it's it's not enough to tell people they need to be more generous with their money. Um, that's just an action. Um, but why? Um, why are you holding on to your money? Why aren't you, you know, uh if they're if they're living for their money to, to provide them a sense of comfort or their sense of financial security or uh, finding some kind of self-worth or self-approval in the money that they've made, um yeah, if you're not preaching at the motivational structures of their heart, of what they're really relying on to give them life. And so as a coach, you've got to help them. I think you've got to help them learn how to get down into that level.
1: Well, um, as a coach, you have to help the preacher. You have to help the preacher. You have you to help the preacher think about how to preach what, what's going underneath the surface, not just the behavioral part. That's really good.
0: Yeah, not just the behavioral part. Um Wow. Yeah, it's because you're you're not gonna you're the the preacher is not going to see life change through his preaching um, until he can do that. And so, as a coach, if you can help the preacher become better, skilled at heart, at heart level kinds of, you know, uh, that's that's the way.
1: Yeah, that's good. Well, this has all been very helpful, Tom, very enlightening. Any, any just final thoughts for our gospel coaches that are listening in?
0: Well, let me go back to the first part that we, when we started, and that's to encourage uh, you as a coach to encourage your preacher. If you're, if you're coaching him in preaching, um, there is no preaching righteousness. Mm. And um, as you're, as you're helping him, diagnose the idolatry of his own heart in other words if preaching is the way in which he's finding his self-approval or a sense of personal security hey i've got job security because i'm so good at this um or his comfort you know he's finding comfort through that uh you 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 need to make sure you're asking diagnostic questions in a way that teases that out of him um and um to know how you can how you can get down there at that level with them. Yeah. And tread carefully. That's what I would say. <laughs> tread very yeah. carefully. Yeah, tread uh, very carefully. Take notes. Um the uh I remember I remember uh uh hearing a guy say this story he says you know he heard a he heard this this pastor he got done preaching a sermon you know one Sunday morning packed place and and uh he got out into the car, and his wife was sitting next to him, and he's, he's staring out the window, and he says, you know, honey, I just wonder how many great preachers there are in this world. And she said, I don't know, but it's one less than you think. <laughs> <laughs> um,
2: uh, <laughs>
0: preaching, Jim, you know, you and I believe wholeheartedly, and I'm not downgrading preaching at all. I do believe that preaching is a is a way in which people do change. It's, right. It has a dynamic in and of itself. That's true. If we're preaching the gospel, the good news of Jesus, preaching in and of itself is not a dynamic. If you're preaching moralism, you're not you're not preaching the gospel. Preaching is not the dynamic of of change. Wow. Um, preaching moralism is not a means of grace to people. Yeah, it's not a yeah. way of getting grace. Right. Preaching is not preaching is not itself is not a way in which we get grace. Preaching grace is the way in which people get grace. So uh, I think we need to do that. If you're coaching somebody, again, I want to encourage you, just, you know, listen to a sermon or two, get out a piece of paper, you know, make three, three observations, you know, what's their style? Are they very prophetic, declarative? Are they very kingly, give a lot of direction? Or are they very priestly? They're very sympathetic and empathetic with people and give a lot of counseling advice. Um, what's their content? Did they stay to the text or are they preaching their own ideas? Um, and then listen for how they believe people change. Where's the gospel being inserted into this? Where's Christ being an exalted? Um, or are they just relying on, you know, moralistic duty or or those kinds of things? Hmm.
1: So yeah, it's good wisdom, Tom. Really appreciate you sharing today and helping us as coaches sharpen the way that we coach guys uh, in their preaching. And as women coaches are talking with leaders in their public speaking, I think a lot of these things apply. Just thanks to all of you for joining us today on the Gospel Coach Podcast. We look forward to the next time that we're together. thank you for joining us. Remember, we'd love to hear from you. If you have a question or a comment or a story to share, send us a note via gospelcoachnetwork at
2: gmail.com.